welcome to Living at the Speed of Light, the bipolar podcast. So I'm Katie, I live in Reading in the UK with my cat Tilly and my partner Jimmy. I have bipolar type 1 and I was diagnosed in 2012, so wow that's 8 years ago now. So why have I started a podcast? Well, I've written a book called Living at the Speed of Light, Navigating Bipolar Disorder from Depression to Mania and Everything in Between. It explores my own journey and experiences of living with bipolar, but I thought there's tons of memoirs out there. What I couldn't find though was like a no-nonsense guide to bipolar disorder from someone with actual, real, lived experience. So I wrote one. It's due out in March 2021 and I felt it would be a really cute idea to start a companion podcast, including some of the themes I cover in the book. So here I am. Before we get into it, let's talk about what bipolar is. Very simply. If you're new to bipolar, it's basically categorised by extreme lows and extreme highs. It's a mood disorder, not like random mood swings. You know, you're not a weather forecast. The weather is not bipolar, you know. <laughs> lows can lead to suicidal depression and highs result in mania or hypermania. So I'm going to talk about depression and hypermania mania in upcoming episodes. For now, I want to talk about work. So this is a big issue, I think, for many people living with bipolar. Should I work? Shouldn't I work? Can I afford not to work? Do I have to work? All these issues, and I've been through it all. So I had a breakdown about eight years ago now. I had a full-time job at the time. I worked as a family worker for a local council and I absolutely loved my job. I felt I was like contributing to society and helping others. I really loved it. But it all came crashing down and I could no longer cope. Couldn't cope with life, couldn't cope with anything. And I ended up being on sick leave for six months when I decided I was too ill to return and with my employers, I left by mutual agreement. Hmm. Later that year, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Even though I had a diagnosis, I'd lost all my confidence. So including the six months sick leave, I was out of work for nearly two years and it crushed me. My work had defined me and I was immensely proud of it, of what I did day in and day out. So I eventually decided it was time to find a job. I'd been living off um, benefits, so employment support allowance that you call it in the UK, to help you when you're too ill to work. I felt I was in a stable, more stable place and I could go out and find a job. But I needed something that was calm and stress-free. A job where I could do my shift, 
and leave without worrying about it when I got home. So I found a job at an independent coffee shop and when I started it was exactly what I needed. You know, I didn't have much responsibility, I had no families or children that I was worrying about in the middle of the night and their welfare. I ended up working there for ooh, three and a half years. But even though the job wasn't stressful for me, I was still struggling with um, my mental health, with managing bipolar disorder. So every month, every other month, I was finding that I was too ill to work and had to take time off. I realised at the time that I was working full time and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't cope, couldn't manage. So I reduced my hours to part time. And the major reason for this was um, being tired is a trigger for manic and depressive episodes for me. I'm really stubborn and I keep going when I'm struggling, which is a trigger. And I know this. I'm aware of it. <laughs> when I'm ill, I need time to recuperate. We all do. And I was finding myself trying to work through it. Um, putting that mask on at work, pretending everything was fine. It was totally detrimental to my health and caused me to spiral much further into an episode. You know, bipolar is severe, it's a severe illness, and I needed time to take off to look after myself. I would say like eight years ago when I had that breakdown, I would never have made that decision. I would have just carried on. I was too proud, I was too work orientated, but I realise now acting that way just damaged my health. Now I work as a freelance writer. I write articles for websites and magazines, I write content for small businesses like social media posts, blogs, newsletters. This means I can pick and choose when I work and on what projects. You know, I've already turned down work because of my health. I still struggle with not having a conventional job. I still struggle with the fact that I don't work full-time hours because I just can't. I just can't do it. It makes me too ill. And I have that voice that tells me I'm a failure, that I'm a loser, but I try not to listen. I know I might not ever be able to hold down a nine-to-five job or do full-time shift work again, but I'm slowly accepting it, making my peace with it. You know, my health comes first. I want to be able to be stable for long periods of my life. I want stability. So I think now that I'm focused on my mental health, that's more likely to happen, rather than just being completely zoned in on work, and that's life, and that was it. So it's not always an option to give up a job. Uh, we all need money to survive. It's just a reality. So how do we improve our working life? So I say the first thing is to have that real work-life balance. It's so important. Work is just work. Okay, and it, it doesn't need to define you or take over your life. You know, I let it rule my life for years, and guess what? I had a breakdown. Think about what you're passionate about, what you do to relax in the evenings, 
at the end of a shift, at weekends. Think about who you enjoy spending time with and make time for all these things. Another thing you can do is what's called asking for accommodations in your workplace. Most workplaces have a HR department and they might refer to it as making reasonable adjustments. So what can you ask for? Well, it could be flexible working hours, working from home, scheduling one-to-one catch-ups with your manager, so they know how you're coping and if there's anything they can change to make the job easier for you. Could even be asking for time each week so you can go to therapy appointments, so you can go and see your psychiatrist or your psychologist. I like to end a conversation with work on a positive note. So let them know with these adjustments that your quality of work will be better so they'll see it's in their interest to make them because ultimately they're a workplace and they want you to work well, they want to get the best out of you because it benefits them. So make sure they know they'll get the best out of you if they make these adjustments. Uh, The next one would be switching off at the end of your day or at the end of your shift. If you're constantly worrying, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I send that email? Did I lock up properly? Did I say the right thing to that person? You're just going to stress yourself out. Work then bleeds into your free time because you're always thinking about it. Talking about it to your loved ones because you need reassurance that everything's okay. It causes stress and we all know that stress is so bad for bipolar. It's a major trigger for many of us, including me. So what I do, even though I work from home most of the time, is I have a commute, or what I call a virtual commute, having a commute in the house. (laughs) It's a way of switching gears, so there's like a clear divide between my work time and personal time. I love music, so I'll listen to a favourite album, but you do whatever feels natural to you. Read a book, listen to a podcast, do a workout, ring a mate. There are so many possibilities. Last one would be, it's pretty obvious, but very difficult to feel that you can, is to take time off. And I'm serious about that. You might feel you can't do that when people are relying on you, or you're part of a team and you feel you'll let people down. You might have like big deadlines coming up for instance. But when we're ill, working through it can just make our symptoms 10 times worse. It can lead to time off, a long time off, whether you want to take it or not. You know, none of us want to be severely ill, but being stubborn and carrying on when we're obviously unwell, well, that's that's what will end up happening. Whilst we're talking about work, I think it's important to talk about stigma and discrimination in the workplace. Because I know a lot of people with bipolar are going to face this at some point. Unfortunately, I faced it in different workplaces, a couple of different workplaces. So I thought I'd give you a few examples. I applied for a job at a nursery. This was about 
Ooh, uh, a few, quite a few years ago now. I can't remember how many. And I got an interview. You know, I don't really get nervous at interviews. So I think it went, you know, really well. And I thought I was able to be quite confident and get myself over articulately. I was offered the job the same day, subject to references. And I was just ecstatic. And I went out, celebrated my boyfriend, thought I had the job. A few days later, though, sitting in the car park where I was currently working, my phone started ringing. And it was the manager of the nursery. And I just said hello. And she she just really abruptly said, why didn't you tell me? And I could hear, like, this really unsettled tone in her voice. And I was just, I was confused. I was taken aback. And I asked her what she meant. And she said, your sickness record is very poor. You should have explained why at the interview. I could hear how furious she was. And I thought, you know what? At the moment, I've got nothing to lose. I might as well be honest. And I told her about my mental health problems. And that, you know, I often got very low, got very depressed and it kept coming back. I didn't know at the time I had bipolar Um, I didn't know why it kept coming back, but I said, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. It's just one of those things. And it was quiet. And then I heard her sigh and I thought, oh, great. And she said, I'm sorry, but knowing all of this, I can no longer offer you the job. Now, I'm really cross with myself now that I didn't pursue it because that was blatant discrimination. The only reason I wasn't offered the job was because of mental illness. Now, I didn't have a formal diagnosis of bipolar at the time. And I felt I wasn't in an amazing place at the time. And I felt it would just be her word against mine, which it would have been because it was on a phone call. I just felt completely defeated and just left it. I mean, now I know a lot more about my rights, that I could have pursued it. But at the time, I didn't. And I think that's the case for a lot of people with bipolar. So there was another time with another employer. This was pretty recent. It was just before I turned to freelance writing. So since I've been diagnosed, I've been like really open about having bipolar. And this was one of the cases where I really regretted it. So I had this boss and he was very outspoken. He'd always tell you what he thought of you, whether it was positive or negative. Most of the time I was fine with that and I could hold my own and whatever, didn't care. Even though I had I had this diagnosis of bipolar, like I said earlier, I was still struggling. I still had to take off time because of bipolar. I knew that if I didn't, I'd just be off for longer and I'd become seriously ill and that wasn't good for anybody especially me. So I'd come back after a week off ill and I bumped into my manager on the walk home. His first words to me were, do you do this on purpose? You're always ill at the wrong time. It's really inconvenient for the business. And I looked at him shocked and I was like, is he accusing me of planning to be ill at busy times? I told him, of course I wasn't. I explained I couldn't always predict when I was going to be so depressed or so ill, I couldn't make it into work. Then he said something I definitely wasn't expecting. He said, Katie, you're fucking scary. 
my reaction was I just laughed because I didn't know how else to react. I couldn't believe he was telling me I was so unpredictable, I was scary. I mean, it was so unbelievably inappropriate for a manager to say that to an employee. I look back at it now and I realise it was harassment, which is a form of discrimination. As you can imagine, I wasn't at that job for much longer. (laughs) Um, I don't want to freak you out with any of these stories. I've had some pretty amazing employers in the past that have supported me and made accommodations to make my work life that little bit easier. I just wanted to be real with you and share some real life examples of discrimination. You do have rights if you're being discriminated against. If you're in the UK, the one to remember is the Equality Act 2010, and it's there to protect anyone with a disability, including mental illness, from discrimination. So if you're sacked, turned down for a job because you have bipolar, you can choose to deal with it informally with your workplace, but if you don't have any luck with that, you can make a claim to an employment tribunal. That can be stressful, it can be a stressful process, and sometimes it can be your word against theirs. So if you can get evidence or backing, that's going to help your case. Something important to remember is you don't have to disclose you have bipolar at an interview and they can't ask you about mental illness or mental health. They can't ask you about any kind of disability at an interview because they could turn you down because of that. If you're in the US, the ADA, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, is a civil rights law to stop discrimination against people with disabilities, and that includes mental illness. And again, you don't have to disclose you have bipolar. Uh, Your job offer can only be withdrawn if you can't fill the role. So if you have to have a medical for a job, they can't withdraw it if you have bipolar, only if you can't fulfill the role even with reasonable adjustments in place. So they have to go out of their way to make sure you can do the job. (laughs) Remember, you're not alone if you're facing discrimination at work. Another great idea is to join a union. And I can't recommend it enough because they can back you up and will know the law and what you're entitled to if things go wrong. They really helped me when I was when I had my breakdown and I was off work for six months. They were incredibly helpful and they managed to make sure I wasn't sacked, basically, because my job wanted to sack me because I was off ill. And they made sure that we had meetings together and they were with me during the meetings, backing me up. So yeah, join a union. So that's it for the first episode of Living at the Speed of Light. I'd love to hear your comments about the podcast and let me know if there's a subject you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can connect with me on Instagram. I am at Katie Connybear Writer or Twitter at Katie Connybear. Thanks so much for listening.